Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Startup Confessionals, where we interview startup founders and entrepreneurs in the Middle East and Africa. We'll learn about some of the biggest lessons these founders discovered on their journey from the personal to the professional and share how they keep themselves motivated. Today's episode is with Majd Meshraoui, a resident of war-torn Gaza, who observed the need for access to construction material in order to rebuild damaged buildings and infrastructure. She strove to meet this need by founding Green Cake in 2015, a company that creates environmentally friendly bricks from ash and rubble. Green Cake was a runner-up in the annual MIT Pan-Arab competition. And in the summer of 2017, she developed Sunbox, an affordable solar system that produces energy to alleviate the effects of the energy crisis in Gaza, where access to electricity has been severely restricted, sometimes to less than three hours a day. With Sunbox, she has been able to provide electricity to hundreds of people. And in 2018, she was selected as one of the most creative people in business by Fast Company, and Sunbox won the MIT Pan-Arab competition, competing against 6,000 entries. Her TED Talk, How I'm Making Bricks Out of Ashes and Rubble in Gaza, has received nearly 1.3 million views so far. So... I could go on and on about all your accomplishments <laughs> much. And uh, also just want to let the audience know that you are a new mom and you do have your uh, newborn in your lap right now, which I think is so spectacular that you're able to do this interview and uh, and also be a mom, a new mom at the same time. So thank you for your time and for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Esme. So much. I'd love to talk about Sunbox and the value proposition why did you start this company and you know what's the sort of reason that you created it and how would you describe it to our audience in your own words first hi everyone and it's a pleasure to be with you here today <laughs> i think you're here to pay me <laughs> i'm sorry for that so uh it's a pleasure to be with you today um and i, I hope my message will reach uh, to so many founders who need, who need to hear some words that I needed to hear in the beginning of my journey to know that everything is possible, just takes time. Um, this means I was born in Gaza and I grew up there. And um, I, I came from this community where it lacks everything. So we had three to six hours of electricity per day. 97% of our water is polluted. Um, the More than 50% of unemployment no access to uh, proper education, no access to the world, no freedom. So coming from the society taught me that these are challenges we can tackle through our talents and education. So in 2017, um, I, I went to, to in, in a fellowship to the United States. And in this fellowship, I was I, I was asked to, to, like, to come up with an idea that helps tackle one of the challenges that my community suffers from. And I was like, oh boy, my community <laughs> has so many challenges. It's the best time. So I decided to start uh, Sandbox as a result of me working in my first company, Green Cake, where uh, we could not do constant production due to electrical shortages, and also due to spending five years in college just studying on a candle. So I was like, this is enough. We should use our talent to come up with a new solution that helps bringing solar energy to the unprivileged communities in the Middle East, starting with the Palestinian market. So this is how the idea of Sunbox started. Wow. 
That's such a moving story, Majd. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you were able to bring these products um, into the community. Like what was the training and onboarding experience like? Uh, Was there any kind of knowledge base that you had to teach people in order to actually make the solar panels work? Um, And then also, I know you kind of briefly talked about it, but why electricity or why did you focus on that? I mean, it seems like such a big, a big one, (laughs) of course, because it, 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 it's, uh, you know, it helps with so many other things in life, but yeah, why electricity? Um, You could start there or, or the first question. Um, I I will start with the last question. So Yasmin, if you wanted to change a society, if you want to change the future and the present, you should work on the fundamentals of any community. So energy, water, freedom, these are the fundamental fundamentals that any community need, needs around the world, and as well as the Gazan community. So I wanted to change the reality inside it by bringing solar energy to this community that needs energy. So that's what I thought of, uh, like energy, construction, water. So that was my focus. If I bring independence to my community through solar energy, it means people will listen to me in the future and then we can create a change on the ground. Um, in terms of how did we bring, um, when we started this company, uh, I had no idea how to bring things across the border. I was 23. I was a young little girl going around to different officials in Gaza and in Israel, trying to find a way to cross the borders with thousands of products coming from China, Europe, and the States. Um, and, and when we started this company, of course, any startup, once you start, you, you will have a lot of enthusiasm and you would think that, oh, my product is going to work out. Everyone will like it. And then you have this shock of it might work, it might not work out. Maybe people would need something else. So when we started this company, um, we went through different stages, starting from the pilot, the pilot one, pilot, prototype, pilot one, pilot two, and then the real commercial production. So what happened is we started with the prototype. It was okay. Then the pilot one was unsuccessful. And then pilot two. In the beginning, we decided to bring affordable solar solutions. That's plug and play. So we give it as one package to the people, they plug it, and then it gives energy. And then we figured out that the Palestinian family is demanding more. Not not just only a small unit that gives them light, but, but also they wanted a unit that powers internet, that powers for them laptops, that powers the refrigerator for a few hours a day. So we had to bring different products and bigger ones. And then we had the challenge of these families want more energy, but they don't have money to pay for bigger, bigger devices. So we had to find different financing models so we can satisfy them, provide them what they need, and then also provide them with finance in order to finance these products and get it. So this is how we were like going around by getting um, the best product for the family. In terms of getting it inside, in order to get one solar package inside that has a panel, a device, and a battery, or even more like two panels, two devices, whatever, depending on the size of the package, you need to give to get a permit, separate permit for each part of the system. So you need to get a permit for the panels, you need to get a permit for the batteries, you need to get a permit for the devices, which was a very complicated process because each one of them you have to work with a different authority. And then once you get permits, it comes it gets it comes into Gaza in separate days. So you cannot get it as one package. So there is a day for the panels, day for the devices, and day, day for the batteries. 
Wow. You add to the recipe as being that there are a lot of political uh, problems be- between Palestine and Israel, and 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 also, of course, don't forget that we are a block unoccupied. This means that the borders are not open 24-7. So whenever something happens, bombings or whatever, they will close the border for at least two weeks to one month minimum, sometimes to three, four months. So you will have a product stuck in the border for weeks and weeks, and you pay money for the warehouse. And some, some products like the batteries have, have, have an expiry date. So you have to work around it and to find a way to get it inside, talk to international organizations to help you get it. And so actually we were in this company, we were trying to, to help the people get the energy. And also we were going around so many things to make this happen. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Uh, the perseverance is just incredible. And Maj, how did you get the funding? Because I imagine that some of these parts do require obviously upfront costs. And like you had said, if it got, um, you know, separate from, you know, at the border that you were just continuously paying the warehousing costs. So how did you get the upfront investment? I'm so curious. And also, how did you know how to put this together? Are you, what's sort of your background that has allowed you to be able to do this? Yeah. So um, when when we started this company, uh, we pitched the idea to different investors and donors who were very generous to, and and also they believed in the mission and they had faith in, in what we wanted to do. So they, they invested in the company um, and I'm very grateful to them because without their support, I tell you, we won't make it happen. I won't speak to you today about, you know, the impact and the success we, we've created for the past five years. So they've invested in the company. They also supported me to, to make uh, crowdfunding campaigns to provide subsidies for the families who cannot pay at all the cost of the solar systems. Um, I also got connected to different international organizations who have projects in Gaza to supply and install solar systems for the families, for the desalination plants, for the hospitals and clinics in the shape of tendering, like tendering a process. So I got recommended um, through different people. So we we won some tenders and we were able to implement it. Um, so honestly, like it has been a tough journey, but without the support of those people, of these people, uh, I won't be able to make it. I won't even be able to to step a step forward towards what we wanted to do. Um, in terms of my background, uh, I'm originally a civil engineer, Yasmin. So I studied civil engineering. I did one summer semester in business administration in the States. Other than that, everything I've learned <laughs> through try and error. <laughs> so I was going to different places, asking for different things. And I'm a very determined person. So I don't give up unless I get the answer I wanted to hear. So I keep asking, asking, asking. Sometimes people kick me out, then I go again, I knock the door. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't give me the answer yet, so I'm not moving from here. <laughs> yeah, and also I, I, I've been through a tough situation just to get answers and also to help getting the products across the borders. I was interrogated so many times by Israel, also by the government in Gaza for why I'm doing this, what is this, uh, why, why you wanted to bring solar energy, we don't understand. You are not the good father of those people to help them. There is something behind it. That's what I always used to hear. Wow. I remember I was held for like 20 hours, 24 hours in the border um, under tough interrogation um, just just, just because I do this thing. Um, so it, it was hard. It was a complicated journey. But uh, I, I, I went out of it very strong. 
At what point uh, did you stop getting interrogated? Was there kind of like a, you know, some sort of publicity um, where things got easier for you or has it just kind of continuously been hard? Um, it didn't just stop, Yasmin. So it will never stop. Uh, as long as, you know, you are Palestinian, you are political by identity. And also, um, it's as long as you wanted to do something different um, and also help people, so you will always be under the microscope. Um, so it, it never stops. Now I'm, I moved from Gaza to Saudi Arabia to scale up the company and also to create a family. I still go back and I want to go back hopefully soon. Um, um, so I'm expected to be interrogated on the way back. I'm not afraid of it. You know, I have no immunity. It's like when you get uh, COVID and then you have immunity against it. <laughs> this is my COVID. Wow. Wow. How, how did the pandemic uh, play out for Sunbox? Um, you know, in terms of things shutting down, like were you guys able to still operate business? Was it better? Was it worse? How did you navigate that? Actually, you were... I, I believe we are one of the few companies in Gaza who could make it through the pandemic. Um, people needed energy more during the pandemic than they used to be in the past. Because people are quarantining in their houses, and it was summer, it was hot, uh, and they needed they needed solar energy to run a fan, a TV to watch movies, and also internet connection to get connected to the world. So we were we we created the whole delivery system inside the company. We were delivering batteries to people, solar device, self uh, self installable solar devices to different families. Um, so th that was really like um, we had a good jump during the pandemic. Uh, also, we got support from the World Bank, uh, so they covered all of our operations for three four months for the whole team for the whole team in the company. Um, and, and, and that helped us to operate even like to, to scale up our operations and deliver more, uh, more solar, solar systems to families. Wow. Incredible. Um, w was there a specific person or mentor that kind of pushed you or inspired you to do this? I mean, you talk about your journey starting so young and then your desire to kind of create something for your community at the age of 23. Uh, so I'm, I'm just curious, like, you know, who did you surround yourself with that gave you that kind of inspiration at such a young age? First, I would started with the Prophet Muhammad. I was also always inspired by his story and his resistance to deliver the message of Islam to so many people across the decades. So um, like his story always inspires me, especially when I visited Saudi Arabia for the first time and I went to the place where he immigrated from Mecca to Medina and how long it took him and how hard it was. So it's very inspiring. Um, I, would all, I was also always inspired also by, mom, by my mom who got married in the age of 16. She brought six of us and also she she was dedicated she was dedicated to finish her education and doing her masters in law and how many women she defended in gaza for their cases to get divorced or to get married or to get their own rights um and also i surrounded myself by great people who believe in me and believe in the mission and they would always be my, by my side in whatever i decide to do on the top of them i would i don't know if i'm allowed to say her name but i would really like um, give all most of my credits and success to a great woman here who her name is Linda Kam. Um, she's a wonderful supporter, coach, 
a mom for me. Um, and, and she's a very dedicated, successful woman uh, who was one of the first few women uh, to join the U.S. government. Um, also, she worked in different organizations to support the peace process in the Middle East. She was in Gaza two times before I was born. Um, and she knows exactly the region. She knows how the people think. She knows how to get people to support me around me. So I would give give her really most of the credit of my success. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, it's so wonderful to hear, you know, just even one person can just dramatically change the entire trajectory of your life, right? So, yeah. uh, so Majid, what continues to motivate you when days are tough? Like, how are you taking care of your own kind of mental health, well-being, wellness during this time? You've obviously got a lot going on, right? And you, you're now in Saudi and you just had a baby and you're running this company. Um, so yeah, how do you take care of yourself? Because I think a lot of people, you know, we talk about the product side and like what's what's being built and what's being distributed to the market and the success story. But behind the scenes, I think a lot of founders don't actually talk about, you know, how they how they stay resilient, how they take care of themselves, the parts that maybe they sacrificed in order to continue doing this. So I'd love to hear that from you. Uh, actually, I'm not the best person to take care of myself. I was always focused on, I wanted to, to help people. I want to help everyone. And then I forget myself behind. Until 2018, when I met um, a coach called Jonah in one of the programs I was in, and he said, Majd, where are you in the middle of all of this? You should take care of yourself. You should fall in love. You should create a family. You should be happy. You should take a vacation. And I was like, what does vacation mean? <laughs> and he said, you know, just we were, we were in Greece. And he said, you just quit now. Don't, don't go back to Gaza and do anything, just take one week in Italy. I was like, okay, that seems a good idea, but I'm not sure if it's accept acceptable. He said, don't wait for anyone to accept it. You just need to accept it. Um, and that was the first time when I heard the word of, you should take care of yourself. Um, and, and in terms of that, um, now I really focus on sometimes having some time off, going for a walk during the day, just thinking of nothing in the weekend. I work in the weekend, but sometimes like like for like half a day, I would just go out for like camping, uh, spend the time with my grandma, with my mother, with my siblings, taking the children around. So I used to ad ad adopt four children and I used to take them out every Friday just for like having fun, playing, playing football. Um, and now I have a baby. So it's <laughs> um, it's an obligatory vacation. <laughs> Yeah. I wanted to actually ask, I mean, so you're, you're, I think baby's like what, three weeks old, less than three yes. weeks old. How, yes, how has, yeah. How has being a mom changed your perception of being a founder of a company and like maybe even just your perception of, of the world? Actually, after I became a mom, Yasmin, I feel complete. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a very beautiful feeling um, to Creating a company and a success like creating the impact is, is amazing. But having a family and having someone that you are sure when you grow up or when you pass away from this life, this person will continue your journey. That's what I, what I, why I wanted to, to create a family because I want the seeds of the plants that I planted to continue growing. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I wanted the girl Yasmin as well. Oh, well, she's going to love this conversation when she gets older. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, 
what about um, some books, articles, or you know anything that maybe inspired you or that you could recommend? Um, if you ha- even have the time to read, it seems like that you've got so much going on, but I'm curious if there was maybe one or two books in your journey that were really helpful and that could be helpful for other uh, startup founders. I really love the biographies, so the autobiographies. So one of the most uh, autobiographies that really uh, changed so many ways of my thinking uh, is the Muhammad Ali. So when I wrote, when I read his autobiography that was written by his daughter, um, it, it, it really like, it, it made me think wider because he's, I loved him so much. And also I, I think he was, the, he was not only, his message was not only to the people in the United States, but it was worldwide. He was saying, I was, I was sent to this school, to this uh, world for, for, for a vision. And my vision is, is not only for the people in the United States, but for everyone. Mm. So his autobiography really changed um, my way of thinking in so many aspects. I also read the uh, autobiography, the biography of um, of uh, Malcolm X, mm. which was tough, but it was also helpful to understand what when people what when people are sometimes very extremists and they think they are right and how they change their perspectives. And they just look for more like neutral, peaceful things and creating the impact on the ground through different ways. Wow. Amazing. Oh, I do love Muhammad Ali. I, I actually met him when I was a young kid <laughs> back wow. in the day. Um, so Majd, what has surprised you the most on this journey looking back? Um, the change I've created, yes, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> this morning I was I was light, writing a letter for the company and 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 they they asked me in the letter to write the impact that this company has created. So I was just writing down how many people we impacted, how many people are getting now free water, free clean water through our desalination plants that powered by solar. And I was very impressed by the numbers. A few days ago, I was working on creating um, um, like a full file of my speeches, awards, and all of this. And I was like, "Wow, I've I've done quite good so far." <laughs> so uh, it's uh, what really impresses me that if someone wants to do something and they have faith of it, faith in it, everything will will help them to do to to, to do their mission. If you are really dedicated and you really wanted to do it, although it seems impossible. But in reality, it's possible. Wow. Beautiful, much. And what's next for you? Are you uh, just continuing to expand Sunbox in other regions and other cities? Actually, is it available outside of uh, Gaza and Palestine? Yeah. So now we scaled up to Saudi Arabia and UAE. And also we are developing a new AI technology for uh, monitoring and evaluation of the solar systems. So we are adding so many features and so many technological layers to our company. So now we are incorporated in Palestine, KSA, and UAE. Amazing, amazing. Uh, so are there any resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you, learn more about Sunbox, how to support you and, and the, the company? Yeah, sure. So we have our website, which is sunbox.ps. Um, and also I would provide with my personal email. So it's M-A-J-D, like my name, at sunbox.ps. Um, if anyone is interested in the work we do and they wanted to support or they wanted to have to give a family a solar system, 
in Gaza, just reach out, reach out to me. I will connect you with the family. We'll give them the solar system you wanted to give them. Um, and also, yes, I mean, our second next uh, next step is now we are working on a bigger plan for the coming five years to create social impact bonds for solar energy inside the refugee camps, the Palestinian refugee camps in the West Bank, Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon. Um, by bringing independence for these refugee camps that throw energy and make them productive in terms of in, in, instead of consumers. Um, and this plan needs a lot of support in terms of knowledge connections. So if anyone is interested in social impact bonds, please reach out to me um, and we can set up a call and talk more about it. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Madge, you are so inspiring and I feel fired up and we'll leave all this information in the show notes. So for those of you who want to get uh, connected to Sunbox, you can email Madge or you can just navigate to the site directly. And I believe you guys are all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And we'll leave those links as well. Madge, thank you so much for your time. This was such a lovely conversation and so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Asmina, and for giving me um, a stage to speak. Oh, anytime, anytime. Madge, thank you so much for all your work. And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening to Startup Confessionals. Confessionals.